Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Seat at the Table. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, lead editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, featuring thoughtful conversations from experts, changemakers, and leaders from the business world. For today's episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Ronnie Quessy Coleman, CEO and co-founder of Meaningful Gigs. Ronnie launched Meaningful Gigs in 2019, and today, the emerging platform serves as the blueprint for companies to engage and connect with premier African talent. Ronnie, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, Bianca. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm excited for you to be here. Uh, So let's just dive right in it. Uh, Ronnie, please tell me, what is your definition of having a seat at the table? So there's one thing that I think about when it comes to having a seat at the table. I think it's just getting access. I think having a seat at the table means I get a fair shot at putting my hat in in the ring or my name in, in the hat. And at that point, then I feel like it's anybody's chance or, or everybody that gets a seat at that table then needs to prove you know, why they belong there and show that hey, you guys are missing out for not having us there sooner. But yeah, it's, it's just having a shot. That's, that's how I like to think about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I couldn't agree more with that. And I can say uh, from the background that I've done on you uh, and, and a little bit of research, your startup Meaningful Gigs, you're definitely uh, providing a hat for those who needed uh, having a seat at the table. Uh, the startup is not a, not only, and correct me if I'm wrong, on a mission to bring 100,000 skilled jobs to Africa by 2028, but also Meaningful Gigs to Meaningful Gigs, excuse me, I get excited and I talk fast, continues to grow during the pandemic, uh, especially as companies are seeking more remote, diverse talent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, so it's creating 100,000 skilled jobs for Africans because there are some that have left Africa but still have ties to the continent and send money back. And, you know, just just a little bit of like background. So I... I'm from Ghana, originally West Africa, and that's where I grew up. And when I was growing up there and I was like nervous thinking about what I wanted for my career, I couldn't, you know, find a job that would pay me more than $5,000 a year. And so then I ended up having to like leave my friends and family, come to the States and try to build a life here. But what, you know, we've built with Meaningful Gigs is a chance for hundreds of thousands, not millions of people all over the continent who have skills to be able to connect with U.S. companies that need those skills and never have to leave uh, their home. And then for companies in the U.S., they're looking for highly skilled people. It's increasingly harder to find talent. They're looking for diverse people, right? It's hard to find skilled and diverse. And we're, you know, we're matching them and helping them with, with, Uh, those two problems. Absolutely. That is uh, fantastic and certainly a great mission uh, that you're embarking on. Uh, And it's certainly great to hear uh, someone, you know, um, I want to say this the right way, Um, basically filling that need because it's very much so necessary. So kudos to you for that. I want to pivot here just a little bit, but we're staying in tandem here. We know that COVID-19 has unfortunately disrupted everything. And like you said, uh, 
the mission of your organization is to help companies uh, tap more div- diverse remote talent. And that shift to remote work has certainly been uh, a challenge for many people, many industri- industries, excuse me, over the past two years. And COVID-19 has forced a lot of changes uh, as well, uh, including culture and, and the way we work as well as how and when. For you, uh, how do you think these changes are impacting the workforce? When we launched in 2019, we saw three main shifts in society back then. This is pre-COVID. One was that it was getting increasingly harder and harder for companies to find skilled talent. Second, diversity was no longer a nice to have. It was a must have and a need for companies that wanted to compete and do well. Um, And then the third thing that we predicted or we believed in back then was that remote work was the future. And this, you know, this is pre-pandemic. And so we believe that in order to find skills and talent, if you're just limited to your geography, if you're in San Francisco and you say, I'm only hiring people in San Francisco, if you're in New York, you're, you're only hiring, you're missing out on the world's like untapped talent. There was so much skills out there. And so we said, okay, well, uh, you know, we believed in remote work. And then 2020, COVID comes around. And for all the things that make it unfortunate, you know, people struggling and, and so many terrible things, I think if we're bringing it back to a seat at the table, I think it throughout history, anything that disrupts the status quo helps put people that were underrepresented or not seen before into positions that they can be seen in. In our case, it's uh, with Africans, right? So we have companies like Starbucks and IDEO and Meta hiring designers all over Africa. And if they weren't thinking that, hey, I can hire people remotely, if it wasn't because of COVID, they might not have given these designers a shot and our platform wouldn't be growing so quickly. but once they did, there's no looking back. Now they're like, oh, great. Like we can hire somebody in Lagos and they're just as good as somebody in San Francisco. Um, so it's been a fortunate thing for us and for the designers and the talent globally that we represent. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Uh, and you just um, mentioned a great thing. Uh, Pre-COVID, uh, DEI, it was definitely on the radar. Uh, it wasn't what we wanted to be, but once COVID-19 happened, like you said, it's become a must-have. Uh, and now that we are tapping these diverse, talented people, right, uh, how can HR leaders and organizations rework their company culture, excuse me, to make it more inclusive? I think it starts from the top, right? Like it starts from CEOs and, and leadership. And a lot of CEOs, COOs have made commitments. And I think commitments are nice, but then for HR leaders first, they have to understand, well, what are the metrics that the company is going to be measured on and how do I get the resources? Because I feel like, or at least we've seen that some HR leaders just don't get the support or the resources they need to execute on their plan. So I think just digging in and really not just settling in for our leader made a commitment and I have this new title. But how are we going to execute on this? And do I have the right resources? So one, that's, I think that's the, the 
main thing that's important. And then secondly, it's looking outside of normal channels. So I've talked to a lot of HR leaders and it's usually the same. I've heard a lot of the same channels of finding diverse talent. We're going to go to historically black colleges or we're going to create apprenticeship programs. And the reality is like skilled people are not just junior. They're also skilled, diverse people that are senior or older or just in different industries. And I think, or different continents, different countries. There's so much, so many other channels for finding talent. And I feel like everybody just tries to find it from the same place because that's like the lower hanging fruit. It's easier. So I think just thinking outside the box a little bit and holding leaders um, accountable for their, for their words. Absolutely. Uh, and that leadership bit, holding them accountable, it seems like also coming up with uh, an action plan, if you will, maybe some benchmarks, um, some some ways to measure, you know, how we're going to implement this plan, how we're going to go about it. And then after the fact, after doing so, OK, here's how we're measuring this result so we can find out where we need to go or wherever else we need to do. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, if we if you give me a job and you say find talent, let's break it down together. Let's let's unpack. If I don't have the resources, then I should go in and be able to tell the leader, like, hey, I don't have these resources. I can't execute. Right. Just I need both of those things. I don't just need a title and, and a goal. I also need to work with you on a plan and I need the resources to execute on that plan. And so it's, it's a group effort. It's not, it shouldn't all be put on the HR leaders or diversity leaders. Uh, it should be multiple people. And then the people that are actually doing the hiring, right? So HR leader might bring the person to say, you know, a creative director in our case, and the creative director might want to still hire from their own network, right? They might not want to hire for, so they have to be um, excited about you know, who the HR leaders bring to them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, where do you see corporate culture headed? There are, there are many answers to this and, and different. It depends on the corporation and the culture. But I think there's, there's one thing that I know for sure is that remote work is here to stay. And that's not going away. I feel like for the leaders that are trying to force 100% getting back into the office, like things pre-pandemic, like you're seeing people quitting in droves, right? The great resignations here. So I think corporate culture is, is more informed. They understand the value that the workers have more power, so they understand their value. And so if you're not listening to your employees, if you're not listening to the workers, they're going to quit and they know that they can get a job elsewhere. So I think corporate culture has to be more employee focused and and uh, less like top down focused. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I'm gonna open up the floor here to you, Ronnie, before I ask my final question here. Is there anything specific that you'd like to talk about that we haven't touched on or something that you'd like to expand on? For anybody that listens that's in the HR space and, you know, I, I'm always looking to talk to HR leaders that are thinking about this problem the way that we are. And, 
you know, either get advice and feedback and thoughts from them on what they're doing and, and seeing how we can help or how we can brainstorm together. So just for any HR leader that hears this, you know, just shoot me a note. My name again is Ronnie. My email is Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I-E at MeaningfulGigs.com. Website's MeaningfulGigs.com. So yeah, just shoot me a note. Let's have a dialogue. Always curious to hear your thoughts. My final question here for you, Ronnie, what's on your heart? On my heart is the construction that's going outside <laughs> outside of my door. It's uh, just thinking about when they'll be done because it feels like I, there's construction happening every month now. Uh, but but at a deeper, deeper level, what's on my heart is when I think about a seat at the table, I know it's a challenge for every person of color or any diverse person to be put in a, to get a seat at the table and feel like they need to execute. And there's, there's this tremendous pressure on their shoulders. Like for me personally, one of the biggest challenges was being few black founders that raised you know, millions of dollars in, in venture capital funding. And our business not only makes a profit, but we also focus on an impact. And and having that and thinking about, well, it's not just about creating a great business. I also need to execute well so that other young black founders, African founders can look at me and, and have a gate open for them. And if I fail, then, you know, then I'm failing a, a broader group. But what I... What I'd like to give advice to anybody that gets that seat at the table and is able to get into the positions of, of power or positions that others don't, I would say don't put that much pressure on yourself. Do the best that you can do because it's not your sole job to change the narrative and because you, you weren't the one that put it in place. The system, the challenges, like it's going to take a lot of us working all the time. And some of us, most of us will fail and that's okay, but we've moved one step forward. And the only thing I'll say is don't put that much pressure on yourself, but work as hard as you can for yourself and just do that just to be excellent in the things that you do and failure is okay, but don't put that much pressure on yourself because ultimately it takes a village. It takes all of us to work together. And so we, we need you healthy and strong and focused. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I appreciate you so much being here again. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Exciting. And, you know, just uh, keep up the great work. Appreciate that. Thank you. And to our listeners, thanks so much for tuning in today. And remember, you can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time at the table. And as always, we'll have your seat waiting for you.